Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the Actus podcast, Talking CDI, the nation's only program dedicated to the clinical documentation integrity profession. The Actus podcast is a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news and information relevant to the CDI profession and to Actus. Today, Wednesday, September 9th, marks our 161st program. So today's featured Actus solution, as you can see on your screens here, is virtual education curtain call behind the scenes of star-studded CDI programs. This is a three-day online educational event focused on highlighting exceptional CDI programs. Its sessions offer insight into both clinically significant record review priorities, as well as programmatic best approaches in areas of CDI innovation. Thanks to the generous underwriting of our sponsors and exhibitors, attendees of this, of this free event will hear from, again, your peers and cutting edge pro CDI programs, gain insight from unique expertise of industry thought leaders. We've got a lot planned for this event, including some panel sessions and, and other things. So I hope you can go ahead and get registered. The link is there on your screen. It's hcmarketplace.com forward slash virtual curtain call. Again, this takes place September 23rd through 25th and is free once you sign up. So my name is Brian Murphy, Director of Actus, the Association of Clinical Documentation Integrity Specialists, and I'm of course your host for today's program, Malnutrition Audit, a conversation with the OIG. Before we get started, did wanna note our sponsor today is 3M Health Information Systems. 3M is committed to driving the CDI industry forward, helping CDI teams reach new levels of performance. Clinical documentation integrity has never been more important than now. 3M's industry-leading software and consulting experts can help empower your CDI teams to optimize their work. You can learn more at 3M.com forward slash CDI. All right, so I'm joined today by my familiar co-host at left, Don Valdez. Don is a clinical documentation integrity education specialist for HC Pro, as well as Actus, where she serves as a full-time instructor for the CDI boot camps and a subject matter expert. By way of brief background, Don has more than 20 years experience in the healthcare industry, including ICU nursing, legal nurse consulting, and was a nurse manager for a large third-party administrator for which she initiated a nurse audit program. Pleased to have her back on the show. Welcome, Don. Thank you, Brian. It's great to be here. Okay. Next, I'd like to introduce our, our very special uh, industry guest today. We have with us on the podcast, Joseph Girardi, uh, CGFM CFE. Joseph is an Assistant Regional Inspector General for Audit Services with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Office of Inspector General, Office of Audit Services. Mr. Girardi is stationed in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania Regional Office and has over 30 years of internal auditing experience. He's currently responsible for overseeing and conducting Medicare Part A and Part B billing audits. He has also assisted the DHHS Office of Investigations and Department of Justice on several projects that led to criminal convictions and significant, significant civil recoveries. Prior to arriving at the DHHS in 96, uh, Joe worked for the Department of Defense and Office of Inspector General for six years. I'm very pleased to have him on the program. So welcome to the program, Joseph. Thanks for having me, Brian. Good morning. All right. Absolutely. Good morning, Don. Good morning. As I always do, I'm going to start with a poll question related uh, to today's uh, topic. 
and you guys should be seeing this on your screen. It's a simple question. We're just asking you, have you read the July 2020 OIG audit report on severe malnutrition diagnosis codes, which is going to be the topic of today's program? And your options are yes, I've read it in detail. Uh, have you maybe skim read it or read a summary or report? Maybe your answer is no, this is the first you've heard of it or other. And please describe, you know, send those comments in. If you do have another way you've consumed that report or heard about it, let me know. So again, uh, have you read the July 2020 OIG audit report on severe malnutrition, diag severe malnutrition diagnosis codes? Yes, I've read it in detail. Yes, I've skim read or read a summary. No, this is the first I've heard of it or other. All right, we'll come back to those results in just a few minutes. I'm gonna go ahead and close that out. Looks like we've got about 75% of our audience that have voted. All right, as I mentioned, Joseph Girardi from the OIG is our very special guest today. Joe, welcome to the show and thanks again for being a part of the Actus podcast today. So I thought it would be uh, most beneficial for our audience to hear a little bit more about you and yourself. And could you maybe just describe your role in the OIG and uh, your role as, as manager of this particular audit? Yeah, so, uh, so I'm responsible for uh, supervising a team of 10 auditors. And since 2018, I've mostly been uh, managing and coordinating Medicare Part A and Part B audits of providers in, uh, in our regional jurisdiction, which is Pennsylvania, Maryland, Delaware, Virginia, West Virginia, and Washington, D.C. Uh, my role in this particular audit actually changed a few times uh, over, the, over the course of the audit. But as manager of the audit, my role is mostly to supervise the staff and ensure that the work is relevant and impactful and meets our, uh, our auditing standards. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Joe, this is Dawn. Um, could you please provide some insight for our listeners on the how and the why this audit was conducted? And I've got two pieces to this question that I wanted to ask you. So was this audit a result of three prior audits for severe malnutrition of the individual organizations, or was it just due to the general national patterns of an increased incidence of the diagnoses being reported. And the second part of it, were the claims taken from a wide range of hospitals or just a few? Could you just give us an idea um, so the listeners have something to, to gauge the audit process? Sure. So as far as um, the insight on how the audit was conducted, this nationwide malnutrition audit was conducted after we identified uh, high error rates in the three previous audits of the hospitals that the OIG conducted from 2015 to 2017. And during those three audits, we took a random sample of 100 claims and had a medical review contractor review each of those claims. And as a result, we had error rates ranging from 85 to 90 percent. After we completed the third audit, we decided to conduct a nationwide audit basically using the same methodology. But instead of taking just 100 claims, we decided to expand the, uh, the, the, the statistical sampling design and 
select a random sample of 200 claims. So utilizing this methodology basically allowed us to efficiently assess the extent of the issue and to bring the results to CMS uh, in a more timely manner and, and thereby uh, allowing them the opportunity to take action. Um, so the second part of your question was, was the result of the three prior audits um, or was it a national pattern of an increase? So the, the severe malnutrition that the severe malnutrition audits that we did of the three providers were actually an offshoot of 25 uh, audits that we conducted from 2013 to 2016 that related to the Quashacor uh, ICD-9 code. Um, so after we completed about 20 of these Quashacor audits, we analyzed the usage of the Quashacor diagnosis code to see if providers were still using that code at the same rate that they were using it back in 2012 when we conducted our initial our initial survey work. So what we found there was that the usage of the Quashacor diagnosis code was actually going down dramatically but the usage of the severe malnutrition diagnosis codes were increasing at the same time. So that led us to look at um, a few of the providers' use of the severe malnutrition diagnosis codes. And the claims that were in our sampling frame for the nation included all, nation, all hospitals nationwide except for the three hospitals that we previously audited, audited and we excluded um, hospitals in the state of Maryland since, um, since they have the waiver uh, covering their payer model. Gotcha. Thanks, Joseph. Appreciate it. So I'm just sharing. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for that information. Yeah. That's helpful to know the background of that. Absolutely. For those listeners that don't know about this report and we're going to be pulling up that poll question a little bit later uh, to see the results. This is this is it right here on your screen. It's, um, it's the exact title, Hospitals Overbuild Medicare 1 Billion by Incorrectly Assigning Severe Malnutrition Diagnosis Codes to Inpatient Hospital Claims. It was issued on July uh, 13th of this year. So we'll, as we always do, we'll provide links to all the things we reference on the program, including this report in the, in the show notes. So, I mean, uh, question for me, Joseph, the biggest question that I received um, heading into this program is, um, you know, who, who, who performed the actual medical record audit and, and the credentials they held? And also, if you could talk about the, the criteria they used for their determination that you know, and there's a lot in here that a lesser type of malnutrition or no malnutrition at all should have been reported on these claims. So could you just talk a little bit about the, um, the auditor and the criteria that they may have used to, to, in their review of severe malnutrition? Yeah, so once we compiled the medical record documentation for the 200 claims, we forwarded them to our medical review contractor. And each of the 200 claims was reviewed by a certified coding specialist and a registered health information technician, as well as a physician who, a licensed physician who is familiar and knowledgeable with the treatment of, of the um, 
the patient's medical condition. Um, and so, so basically, all the medical records were for, forwarded to, to our medical review contractor, and then they provided us with a three or four page um, report for each claim. So the, the criteria that they used was the Aspen criteria um, that I believe was, um, came out in May of 2012. So they, so for, for the severe malnutrition diagnosis, that was the criteria um, that the, the certified coding specialist and the licensed physicians utilized. Great, thank you. Okay, that's helpful to know as well that there was uh, the licensed, yeah, the licensed staff on there. Now, what I would like to know is where are we going next with this audit um, with between the OIG and CMS? So, are the hospitals with 164 claims, and I'm I'm referencing the the report here that Brian has pulled up, um, the hospitals with 164 claims being contacted? for recoupment of the 914,000? Um, are they contacted by CMS? And is CMS planning to open up the other approximate 224,000 claims? Or is that something that the OIG recommends that, that CMS can choose to follow up on? Or what's, how does that work between the two agencies? Right, okay, so, so we, we are a recommending agency. Um, so we make the recommendation to CMS, and really it is ultimately up to CMS as to whether or not they decide to, as to whether or not they decide to implement those recommendations. So CMS has requested the detailed claims information for the 164 claims okay. that the contractor denied, as well as the remaining claims from our sampling frame, and in its response. And in its response to our recommendation, CMS said that it will instruct the MAC, the Medicare Administrative Contractors, to recover the $914,000 overpayment amount for the claims that were in our sample. Um, and then they also, um, you know, in their response, they, well, in our finding, we, we strongly suggested that they review the remaining 224,000 claims that were in our sampling frame. And um, as far as I know, they are working with their, the MAX to have them at least uh, review a sample of those claims to determine if they were billed correctly. But again, as I said earlier, we are a recommending agency and, and really it is ultimately up to CMS. But we will have, um, we will track these, these recommendations um, for, gotcha. for the next six months to a year to ensure that at least CMS is at least recovering the $914,000 in overpayment amounts. Gotcha, thanks Joseph, appreciate that. Um, you know, I mean, most of, most of our members- Thank you, thank you for that information. That helps as well, just to know the flow between the two organizations and how that works. Yeah. So Joseph, just um, do you have any recommendations for hospitals as a result of, of this audit? For example, any ways that Brian, um, you cut out on us there. Oh, can you guys hear me now? Do we stop? I am here. Can you hear me?
Donna, yes. am I being here? Okay. All right. I'll, I'll continue. I think we've got a slight yes. delay, so I'm, I'm just going to keep going here. Yes. All right. So, Joseph, do you have any yes, recommendations? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. For hospitals? There's a delay. There's a delay. Audit, yeah. For example, ways that they can better educate yeah. themselves on compliant Medicare mm -hmm. claim submission, uh, ways they can work with their MAC, not run afoul or raise the risk of OIG audits. Or conversely, do you have any uh, advice for hospitals who believe they're doing everything correctly with regards to severe malnutrition and are prepared to defend those claims? Yes, I, I think hospitals uh, should be proactive and, and instruct their internal compliance staff to, to select a sample of claims where the severe malnutrition diagnosis code was the only diagnosis code that was a major complication or comorbidity on the claim to ensure that the code is adequately supported in the medical record. Um, I would also encourage hospitals to send, send to their MAC examples of medical record documentation that they feel adequately supports the use of the severe malnutrition diagnosis code and have the MAC review the claim to see if it agrees uh, with the provider. And this will help to, to the provider to know that they are on the right track as far as their documentation. Great, thank you. So what's next for the OIG related to audits of high severity? I know you can, you know, you're limited in what you can discuss with us, but you know, any high risk DRGs that you can talk about? Right now, our data, our data mining staff, they analyze claims on a regular basis looking, looking for outliers. Um, our, our work plan is, is on our website, which is available to the public. It's updated regularly and includes the areas that, that the OIG is currently reviewing. Um, personally, I'm, I'm not working on any Part A audits right now, uh, so I'm not, I'm not really looking at any uh, high-impact, high-severity DRGs. Um, my staff and I are mostly working on, on Part B uh, medical record documents documentation audits uh, currently. Great, thanks Joe. So let's just take a brief look at our poll question. Again, we did ask our audience, uh, have you read the July 2020 OIG audit report on severe malnutrition diagnosis codes? You're uh, 8% said yes, they've read it in detail. 40% uh, say yes, they skim read or read a summary. 47% majority say, no, this is the first they've heard of it, and now you have your recommended reading to do, uh, and 4% said other. So that's our poll question. Any, uh, any thoughts here, Joe or Dawn? Well, I definitely think that people should be familiar with these audit results so that they could you know, be like a beacon to, uh, to see uh, if they have any internal issues that they can identify. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I concur with that. I think it's really valuable to have this information uh, to agree. know what's going on in the industry with these audits so that you can direct your staff accordingly, have meetings, look at the look at the audit samples and all of that. Great. Thanks, guys. So in the news is a regular segment featuring the latest news and industry updates relevant to the CDI profession. Today, I wanted to discuss an important MedLearn Matters uh, transmittal you should be seeing on your screen here, issued in August. Uh, that is of critical importance, of course, to anyone listening to the show. 
Uh, as you likely know, CMS authorized a 20% increase to the DRG payment for COVID-19 patients discharged during the public health emergency period. Uh, this includes patients assigned ICD-10 CM code B97.29, which is uh, other coronavirus as the cause of diseases classified elsewhere. Um, but the requirements to earn this bonus payment have recently been elevated with the release of MLN Matters article SE20015 revised, which you can see on your screen here. Uh, it now requires a documented positive lab test to earn that bonus payment. So if you scroll down here and take a look at this uh, transmittal, the, the bit here in red that I'm sharing on my screen is the part that's been updated. Um, Essentially, it reads that uh, to address potential Medicare program integrity risks effective with admissions occurring on or after September 1st, so eight days ago, claims eligible for the 20% increase in the MSDRG weighting factor will also be required to have a positive COVID-19 lab test documented in the patient's medical record. Um, and they go on to say that for this purpose, a viral test performed within 14 days of the hospital admission including a test performed by an entity other than the hospital, can be manually entered in the patient's medical record to satisfy this documentation requirement. And they do give a nice example here. For example, a copy of a positive COVID-19 test result that was obtained a week before the admission from a local government-run testing center can be added to the patient's medical record. Um, and they do say here, they get the, again at the very end, that... Uh, um, if no such test is contained in the medical record, the additional payment resulting from the 20% increase in the MSDRG relative weight will be recouped. So that's obviously an important transmittal here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just keep pressing on, guys, because I know we're having some delays, but folks are hearing me, so I'm just going to wrap things up with a couple other quick updates for our audience. Uh, this is very uh, real breaking news, even more so than this transmittal I just showed. Um, the ICD-10-CM Coordination and Maintenance Committee meeting, which actually just today has proposed a new code for MISC, which is Multi-System Inflammatory Syndrome in Children. You may recall we had a physician from Boston Children's on talking about the diagnosis MISC. Well, they have proposed a new code, which is M35.81. Uh, that code is not operative right now. They're taking comments on that. Um, through October 9th of this year, but I am told that uh, the ICD-10-CM Coordination and Maintenance Committee is recommending that this code be introduced on January 1st of 2021 uh, as they want to get it, um, they want to get it in use before vaccinations begin. So that's some exciting news. Um, also, if you haven't seen the 2021 IPPS final rule is out, it's got a lot in there related to pricing transparency, uh, there's a new DRG for CAR-T, which we also did on the podcast. You may recall we, hit, we did a whole special program on the new CAR-T therapy that was approved. There has been a DRG added for that. So more to come on the uh, 2021 IPPS, 2021 IPPS final rule. Um, and lastly, just for a quick ACTUS update here, as you may know, next week is our biggest week of the year, the CDI week. This is um, 
a, a lot of coordination, but it's to celebrate the CDI profession and to raise awareness of the importance of it within your organization. So we've got a lot planned as usual. Just wanted to point you towards a free webinar. This is accessible from the homepage of Actus. You click on this large banner here um, and it will take you there. This is uh, a program we're running next Thursday, September 17th. We're going to be actually reviewing the results of that extensive 2020 CDI Week industry survey that we conducted. So we have a nice panel we've put together the, um, for that show. We're going to be breaking down and reviewing the analysis of about 850 responses to that survey. And then we're also offering a CCDS credit for that show. So happy early CDI Week. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's edition of the uh, Actus podcast. Apologize for the delays, but we were able to get Joseph Girardi on. And I'm very grateful for you coming on the show, Joe. Um, for everybody else, just please note that we'll be back here in three weeks for our next show, which is um, we're, we're skipping our usual two-week cadence because of that program I alluded to the beginning called Curtain Call. So uh, tune in for the next podcast on Wednesday, September 30th. As always, if you have any ideas for future guests or ideas about the format of the show, you can reach me at bmurphy at actus.org. All right, take care, everyone. We'll see you back here in three weeks.